Amen. Well, thank you, Zach. Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, welcome to Willow Park Church. If it's your first time here, we'd love to uh, connect with you. And we would love to uh, know who you are. You may notice that there should be some little cards, connect cards around. Take a moment and uh, fill those cards in. That would be absolutely fantastic and would certainly help us know how you want to be connected and how you want to um, join into the life of the church. Every September we talk about the vision of the church and we talk about aspects of what we call as a board, as pastors, as a whole church, our real life vision. The real life vision stands for a redeemed life, an empowered life, an activated life and a listening life. We are redeemed because as a church we are utterly committed to the presentation and the power of the gospel to transform lives. In other words, if you do not know God, we believe as a church that you can know God through Christ Jesus if you're willing to bring your life to him. He will come and he will change you. The Bible declares, turn from your sin, repent of all that is wrong, and ask Christ in, and you will be born from above, you will be born of the Spirit. We utterly are passionate about that, and love the joy of introducing people to a friendship with God. Isn't that true, church? We love that. Secondly, we do believe that that is not then just a mental engagement, that you, you receive a set of presets and ideas and just a philosophy. Let me remind you, yes, the youth can go out if they want to go. Um, I'm not very good at this, am I? Um, I've only been doing it for 40 years. Uh, but... The point is, is that, that, that we believe in an empowered life, a life that is full of the Spirit, a life that engages with God, a life that knows that presence of God's power within us. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. In other words, God has given you gifts, God has given you talents, God has given you a role, and we believe that you should be activated both here in the church and here in the world to do what God is calling you to do. And we believe in listening, that prayer drives the church. The disciples asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to preach. They didn't say, Lord, teach me how to run a church budget, although that's very useful. Lord, teach me how to have a seminar. No, they said, teach us how to pray because they saw that everything that happened in Christ's ministry was transformed by the power of prayer. And a church that is not built on prayer quickly becomes just empty, becomes a vacuum because then other things fill the way. But as a commitment from our elders, from our pastoral staff, and from your senior pastor is that we will be a praying church. Jesus is number one. Jesus is first. He is the Lord of this church. And this is our vision. This is our heartbeat. We want to teach you how to pray. We want to teach you how to listen. We want to teach you to engage in a dynamic relationship with God. So we are baptizing 12 people today, which, hallelujah, which tells me, yes, 
If you've been baptised, if you've been baptised, stand up. Here they are. There they are. There they are. Fantastic. You can sit back down. Sorry. Just thought I'd have that moment. Um, so exciting. We love you. We are thrilled to bits that you are being baptised and so on. Under our real life vision this uh, September, I want to talk to you about a subject that is so thrilling, so wonderful. It's about the spirit of generosity. It's about being generous people. Because Christians, we are called and when we're renewed, we no longer uh, are, are protective, but we become, when we're renewed in God and born again of God's spirit, we become a generous people that give generously to the world And we give generously out of our lives. And we give generously. Now you say, but why would we be a generous people? Well, I would say that we would be a generous people because God has been so generous to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Notice those two words, for God so loved... He gave, for God so loved the world that he gave. God's love, out of God's love, he gave to the world. And generosity flows out of God's love. It flows out of the love of God, that God has been so generous to us, that God has been so giving to us, that God has loved us so unconditionally that we too become a people of love because he has come to us. He has, he has and we are motivated to be a generous people in the world because We have had such love shown to us. I, it's hard to imagine the kind of person I would be if I had not met the Lord Jesus Christ. It's hard to imagine the kind of people we would be, the kind of marriages we would have, the kind of relationships we would have, the way we would conduct ourselves if we had never encountered the power of God within our lives. And because I encountered so much in my own life, in my own brokenness, in my own mess, in my own uh, family history, and all of that pain, and yet one day, out of a crowd of teenagers, God put his finger down and called me and said, you will be my son, and my eyes were opened, and at that moment, I saw and experienced the reality of God's love. I was born of the Spirit from above. Now, if that doesn't make you generous, what will? Eternal life? Heaven? You may never die, but you're going to live for eternity? Doesn't that change your perspective? Doesn't that change the way that we should be? Doesn't that inspire us and drive us? So I want to talk to you about a And a really interesting story. There's a parable. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he cancelled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose 
the one who had the bigger debt. Cancelled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Why does this parable sit here? A parable about being forgiven a large debt. A parable about a moneylender. Well, it sits here because just before, in verse 36, we have the wonderful story of Jesus going to Simon the Pharisee's house. The story here is about a woman who has a past. A woman who has lived a life of pain, And she was seen as a prostitute, seen as an unhealthy, sinful woman within that community. Now Simon the Pharisee invited Jesus to come to his house. You read the story. And he invited him to come to recline at dinner. That was a very nice invitation. So Jesus accepted and went to Simon the Pharisee's house. And as he went to Simon the Pharisee's house, he reclined at the table. It's very nice to be invited to people's house for dinner, isn't it? I like it. We don't do it as much these last 19 months, um, because we're not allowed to. But it's very nice. I like going to people's dinner. And I like to do that. And Jesus was invited, and it's just reclined. There would have been a table. There would have been a long couch. It's not like the way that we you know, have dinner these days, you know, with our knife and forks, using them properly like you should as an English person. Um, And you sit there and so on. They would have reclined. There would have been food. There were people around. But then suddenly a woman turns up. And the groom goes quiet. And the woman turns up and as she turns up, they're all eyes on her because she is a sinful woman. And she starts to weep. She arrives with a perfume. She starts to weep and she starts at that moment to move towards Jesus and to touch his feet, to kiss his feet. Now let me just pause. You see... When you invite a person to dinner in Jerusalem at this time, there were three very distinctive things that you should do. First of all, when that person arrives, you offer them a bowl of water and a servant comes and washes their feet. It's nice. Now, we have traditions, don't we? In Canada, when you go to somebody's house, you take your shoes off. In England, you don't take your shoes off. Yeah, I know. I know. I invited some Canadians round and they took their shoes off. I was like, who do you think you are? You know, (laughs) with your socks in my house. What are you doing? And they're standing there with their socks and they're twizzling their toes. I don't want to see your toes. I'm English. We don't take our shoes off. In fact... If you take your shoes off, it's sort of offensive. But in Canada, if you leave your shoes on, it's sort of offensive, right? Yeah. So, you know, you've got to navigate. Well, in, in ancient Israel, let's wash your feet. The second thing you need to do is you always greet somebody when you invite them to dinner with a kiss. A kiss on the cheek suggests that that person is your equal. And then the third thing you do 
is that you anoint their head with some nice olive oil. That's not something we do, is it? Hello, welcome. Olive oil. <laughs> uh, the only thing I anoint with olive oil is my potatoes in the frying pan. We anoint with olive oil. And you do these lovely things, and then the guest feels, wow, I'm accepted. I have got clean feet. I have got uh, a lovely kiss that says I'm your equal. And you've now anointed my head with olive oil. This was the process. This is what should have gone through. But then this woman arrives, probably arrives because she feels so overwhelmed, so amazed that Jesus, who preached about love, that preached about acceptance, that preached about grace, was suddenly here. And she's like so amazed. And she's overwhelmed by a man, a rabbi, who is willing to, to talk about forgiveness, is willing to talk about love, is willing to talk about grace, is willing to engage with her pain and her suffering and she begins to cry she's overwhelmed and so she gets down and the first thing she does is kiss his feet of course she couldn't have kissed his cheek because the room was full of hostile men looking at her judging her looking at her and saying things about her but she kisses his feet See, what we understand from this story is this. That Simon the Pharisee, when Jesus arrived, chose not to allow Jesus' feet to be washed. What we know from this story is that although Simon the Pharisee said, teacher, rabbi, he did not greet him even as an equal and kiss him. And as a rabbi, he should have kissed his hand. But he didn't do any of that. He didn't even offer him olive oil, which was a cheap commodity. And it was all around. And you can get olive oil from anywhere. Didn't do any of that. He invited him for dinner. But this woman came because... Jesus' feet had not been washed. She washed his feet with all that she had. She washed his feet with her tears. She didn't have water. She didn't have a bowl. But she had tears and she washed her feet. She didn't have a towel to offer Jesus. But she only all she had was a hair. A hair and she had hair dropped down, which was shocking in those days. And wiped his feet. There was no olive oil, but she bought the most expensive perfume of her trade and poured it on him. You see, one, Simon the Pharisee, was a man of religion, was a man of belief, was a man who thought he was righteous, was a man that did everything right, but he was a man that was not full of generosity. The second was a sinner who met Jesus Christ and instead she gave of what she had. She gave her tears. She gave 
her hair. She gave her perfume. She gave her life because she knew that all she had to give, she gave it out of a generosity because she knew that the love of Jesus could change her life. There's always a battle between the Pharisee within us and the battle of being sinners who have been redeemed by the grace and the love of God. It's always a battle. And Simon stood there and he just stood there as if like, well, if he had known what kind of woman this is, he would truly be a prophet. You see, he only invited him to dinner to see if he was a prophet or not. Didn't honor him, didn't bless him. He was tricking, he was being manipulative. And that's the worst thing about a religious spirit. It can be judgmental, it can be hard, it can be manipulative. It stands back and it judges, and it is never generous. But somebody who is redeemed by God is somebody who has received much. And then so Jesus says, Simon, let me tell you something. Two men owned money to a certain money lender, Simon. One owned him 500 and the other 50. Neither of them had money to pay them back. Money lenders. Throughout culture, throughout history, they are a horrific group of people. I've met money lenders, I've known money collectors, I've seen the damage they've done, I've seen the violence, I've seen companies that are money lending that are just ruining people. I've known Single moms take out a loan 20 years and have the same amount of money to pay back 20 years later. I also know a Christian who paid off that debt to set that person free out of grace and abundance. But a money lender, the money came. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, we get, we get Simon's character here, don't we? I suppose. That's like something a teenager would say. Go and clean your room, I suppose. Go on, clean it. Like a miserable uh, teenager. I know nothing about this because my teenagers have been perfect. But no problem. Because, of course, I'm a pastor. But I suppose the one who had the biggest debt cancelled. Reluctantly. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. You judge correctly. Because I'll tell you what, Simon. This woman has received much forgiveness. But the truth is, Simon, you think you don't need forgiveness. See, this isn't a parable of of one great sinner and one small sinner. 
This is a parable of two great sinners that need the redemption of God. One a woman with a past and one a Pharisee with a religious spirit that condemns people that needs forgiveness and the love of God to consume his heart as did the Holy Spirit consume Nicodemus as did the Holy Spirit consume other Pharisees of that time as God worked in but he was hard, he was tough, he was self-righteous it is not a parable because both of them have high debt and Jesus knew this but he encouraged them And there's this lovely moment. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon. Notice the wording. He's speaking to Simon, right? But he's speaking to the, he turns to the woman. So he's talking to the woman, but he's actually talking to Simon. It's a little bit awkward, isn't it? It's like... It's like I'm talking to, you know, Michelle there. Well, I'm looking at Michelle, but I'm actually talking to John here. Hello, John. John, you're such a great fiddle player. I know it's not fiddle, sorry. Violin. It's it's all a bit awkward, isn't it? Jesus is being very awkward here. Sometimes Jesus will be awkward with your life. Lux. So he looks at the woman and speaks to her gently, speaks to her with respect, speaks to her with with a tone that was appropriate to the character of Christ. So as he's looking at the woman, he turned towards the woman, he says, do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them away with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. And you did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. See what Jesus is doing? This woman has got it right. And Jesus is doing something incredible. He is insulting the host who invited him for dinner, which was unthinkable in that culture. See, what you had to do in this culture, when you're invited for dinner, throughout the dinner, a number of times, maybe four to six times, you had to make a big deal about the dinner. And you had to say, oh, Oh, Simon, this is a wonderful meal. It is the greatest meal I've ever had. I feel so honoured to be in your house. It is wonderful. It is marvellous. Now, I know in English culture, we're taught to do that. When you go for dinner, you always say how lovely the meal is about halfway through and thank you very much towards the end. Even if it's not. Uh, <laughs> There you go, I had Pastor Phil round, and he said, like, mm. yeah, now you don't know what the truth is, do you? <laughs> yeah, we're funny, aren't we? But, but, Jesus 
insults him. Jesus challenges him. Jesus faces him and said, you did not do all of these things. It's a story of two sinners. So let us first... Simon, you didn't give me any water for my feet, but this woman gave me what she had. She gave me tears. Maybe you haven't got water, but God sees your tears. Second, you didn't give me a kiss, but she kissed my face continuously. Kissing was a sign of blessing. It's a sign of honor. When the prodigal son returned, the father kissed him and received him back. And Isaac and Jacob, the kiss of blessing... And we are called to repeatedly bless and bless and bless people around us. Be generous. Be a people who metaphorically kiss each other. I know that's verse in the Bible, greet each other with a holy kiss. We just generally ignore that. But you understand its context. It's a sign of equality. It's a sign of blessing. It's a sign of encouraging. And metaphorically, I believe we need to go around and through our words, through our actions, through the way that we give, the way we support financially, we are a people of generosity because we want to kiss the world with the love of God. And show the love of God to the world. Third, you did not put oil on my head. Didn't even do a cheap commodity. You were cheap, but she put perfume. Then Jesus brought home the point. For this reason I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. You see, if we feel we don't need much forgiveness and are unaware of our need for forgiveness, often we love little. Because we've got a bit of religion. Got a bit of it. But when we know that we're truly broken, and we receive forgiveness. We are the most forgiven, the most gracious, the most generous people on the planet. Because we know that we've been forgiven. Let me remind you something. We all need to understand that we are stewards and not owners of anything in our life. Everything under heaven belongs to me. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. The Bitcoin is mine. The stock market is mine. Everything is mine. I own it all. Leviticus, the land must not be sold permanently. That's why. Because the land is mine. You see, you may have a freehold on your house, but really in heaven you've got a leasehold. Belongs to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. I am a steward of all the goodness that God has given me. I am a steward. The land is mine. 
And when God would take nations away because of their injustice to the poor, he would remove their power. You are not your own. You are brought with a price. What a story. And this is what the Baptists are doing. Those that are being baptized are saying, no longer, I am not my own. I've been purchased by the love of God and I've been forgiven. And now I am going into this water. Hallelujah. And I am going to go into the water to declare my identification with Christ. That as he died into the grave and rose again, so I die and I rose again. And I declare to the world as a witness that I am a child of God. You are not your own. You were brought with a price. And the reason you're getting baptized is because every one of us feels like that woman with a past. And Jesus has loved us. Religion could never help us, but Jesus has loved us and freed us and brought peace to us in our lives. So let's pause together. Lord, we pray now that in our own walk you will teach us to understand the generosity of God within our lives. We pray, Lord, that for anyone here that has not experienced that generosity, that today they may step in to the grace and the love of God. Come, Lord. Come, Lord, and meet with us, I pray. And thank you. We All we have is our tears. We have our brokenness. But we bring all of our gifts to you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite Pastor Curtis to come up. And as he comes... He's going to lead us in this next session. We welcome all those online that have joined us and are here watching live um, with a little bit of a delay on, um, on, on our screens. And we're so blessed that you're able to see your friends and your family to be able to be baptized. Pastor Curtis. All right. Well, what an awesome, awesome day this is, isn't it? And uh, why don't you congratulate these people that are stepping forward. Pastor Phil is just going to change into something more comfortable for baptizing. And, and in the meantime, uh, I'm going to ask these uh, wonderful people to come up here on the stage, and I will introduce you to them as we uh, prepare for this wonderful baptism. And uh, the prayer warriors, you can step out into the hallway there and, and step forward. Yes, come on through here and just line yourselves up in a line so we can say hi to everyone. This is an awesome day. This is what pastors and and churches live for. Oh, parents, you can go get your kids. Bring the kids in here so they can watch this too. Thank you, Phil. All right, lovely. Hi. 
see if you can line up this way too. Stretch out. There we go. Awesome. What a lovely bunch of people. This is the family of God, family of God. This is, I'll introduce you to him. This is Micaiah. And uh, Micaiah's going in grade 8 right now. 10? She is in grade 8 because I was away camping, so I didn't realize school had started. And uh, her middle name is Joy. She likes to spread joy in the world. And she's being baptized today. This is Janelle. Everybody say hi to Janelle. This is my good friend, Ivan. Now, Ivan, he remembers baptisms happening in his family when he was just a young child. And he can't remember if he was baptized or not. And I said, well, if you can't remember, then you probably weren't old enough to understand what was happening. And now you are. And he's been following Jesus. And, and it is his intention to get baptized today. This is Heidi. And uh, I've got all their testimonies, which I will paraphrase and read as they're getting baptized today. But Heidi wants to get baptized today. And we've got friends of hers here, Tiffany and Brooke and Lucas and Jeff. That's the Kethlers. That's a family. There's an entire family getting baptized today. And also speaking of families, we've got Anya and we've got Sam here. And they've just recently come from, uh, from England. Actually, Ian is on staff here. And Sam, he's a, a wonderful technician. He's usually up there making everything sound and look good here. And these are brother and sister, and they're getting baptized today together. So isn't that awesome? And my friends over here, the Wilms, Rob and Faye, they've been married for how long? 44 years, 40, and they've been following Jesus all their lives, and today they decide to get baptized as a couple. So we've got all ages and all situations, and we're being baptized together, and isn't it wonderful that this is our family? And uh, so I'd like to uh, ask them a couple of questions right now. Um, Candidates for baptism, lovely people. Um, have you accepted Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior? They said, yes, that's a very good answer. <laughs> have you confessed your sins to him and asked for his forgiveness? Yes, you are forgiven. Jesus forgives us. And is this your intention to follow Jesus for the rest of your life, be a follower and grow in discipleship and knowledge and understanding of him? That's wonderful. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the step of obedience and declaration of faith that these people are going to make to you right now. We know that you really show favor upon that. And it's a profound moment in our lives when we enter the waters of baptism and declare publicly that we are yours and you are ours. So bless this day, bless this time together, and bless these wonderful people who are about to enter the waters of baptism. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Okay, why don't you guys go down here, and I'll call you up one at a time, and... Uh, say a little bit about, they've, they've written some amazing testimonies here. I've had the pleasure of talking with these people and meeting with some of them and, uh, and interfacing with them, and, and they all understand what baptism is about, and their testimonies are just most remarkable. So I'd like to start with uh, Micaiah, Micaiah Joy Preeb, and uh, she says the joy part is meaningful because she desires to bring joy to people. 
She knew at a young age she was a sinner, but she was five when she accepted the Lord, and her mom helped her understand um, uh, that she had choices that she had made, and she, uh, she prayed for Jesus to wipe away her sins, and he did. Over the years, the memory of that day faded, but uh, and every time she looked at the cross, she would see Jesus hanging there and suffering, and she would be terrified by it just the feeling of that. And then with COVID and stuff, anxiety happened. And then she went to the ark, and her leader prayed with her. And that anxiety left. And now when she looks at the cross, she sees an empty cross and an empty tomb because Jesus has risen. And she writes that, Today I want to get baptized because I want to walk closer to Jesus. I want to be a disciple of his and not just a follower. And her life verse is Psalm 118.5. Out of my distress, I call on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Anya, would you come up, please? Anya, Anya grew up in a Christian family where we talked about God. However, she never chose really to follow Jesus until she was 11, where she first really heard about and connected with the Father's heart. She had chosen to follow Jesus, but really didn't live it until two years later when her family and her went away to a week-long church camp. During this, she decided to give her life fully to Jesus, and ever since, she's been growing in her faith and is ready for what's next. And her verse that he, she gave us is from Joshua. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And yet I baptize you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Sam. Sam became a Christian of his own choosing when he went to the ark this year. And uh, after, after his faith always being his parents. And after him being an atheist for a while, he says, and I have to confess, I'm an atheist myself until my second cup of coffee in the morning. And that's not an original joke, but... On the third night at the ark, after Pastor Jeremy had, sp had spoken, his wife came up and spoke about God being the Father that will never leave you. And stay with you always. This was aimed at kids who didn't have a great relationship with their fathers. And having left my dad in England and never having a close relationship with him, this really hit home. And Sam felt the Holy Spirit in him. And he knew that God had been there all along. He just hadn't been looking for him. And Sam's verse is 2 Corinthians 6.18. And I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Sam, we baptize you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Could we have the, uh, the Kethlers line up here? Youngest to oldest, we'll start with Brooke. 
And uh, Brooke and, and Lucas and Tiffany have been Christians since as long as they can remember. They accepted Jesus as children. And, and Jeff, 20 years ago, was introduced to Jesus through Tiffany. Uh, they accepted, uh, Tiffany accepted Christ on uh, July 26, 1990 in uh, Eagle Camp. But we'll talk about Brooke, who also accepted Christ at Eagle Bay in 2019. And uh, through the, this family, through their choices and decisions, know that they are sinners like we all are, but know that Jesus uses our sins to teach us. That's cool. And help us turn away from sin. Because we believe Jesus died for our sins and rose again, he forgives us our sins and helps us turn from them while submitting to him. And they are excited to be baptized together as a family today in this place in front of all of us. And Brooklyn's uh, scripture is Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your heart and your mind, so that you may prove that the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Brooke, in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, we baptize you. Lucas, Lucas accepted Christ in 2019 at the Ark. The Ark has been responsible for so many declarations of faith. And Lucas's verses from Romans 10, 9 to 10, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Lucas, I baptize you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany... Tiffany, and and as she wrote, she accepted uh, Christ way back in 1990 at Eagle Bay Camp, a place where a lot of people have come to know Christ. And Tiffany's scripture verse is from Romans as well. Romans 8.13, For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Tiffany. We baptize you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Receive the power. And last but not least, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff's verse is from Psalm 23. This is like my favorite psalm. Thank you for that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We baptize you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit.
Isn't that awesome? A family getting baptized together. Okay, who is next? Janelle. Janelle. Now, Janelle felt that throughout her life she was searching for more, living life alone, walking aimlessly without any real purpose, struggling personally and spiritually in an unhealthy relationship at one time, an injury that veered her professional life off track, and events and circumstances that uh, pulling her in directions she did not want to travel. And she began experiencing anxiety about the life she was headed. In a strong sense, there was a war raging inside her. And then she turned to God, leaned on him, prayed for help and guidance, invited the Holy Spirit, and surrendered all of her to him. And then she began attending these online services here with a renewed excitement, and her daily devotions picked up in her Bible study, and she spoke to God every day. And one Sunday morning, she woke up, and instead of starting her devotional, she checked out the online and found out that the services were live here at Willow Park. And she took that as a sign. And she came. And since that day, she surrendered herself to God, and she feels surrounded with love, joy, and peace. Whatever struggle, situation, or temptation I face in life, she writes, I will not be alone, for I have him to guide me. He loves me. He has told me I'm worthy of him. And I walk with him in his light. And the verse she picked is John 8:12 that says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Janelle, we baptize you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Heidi? Heidi. Heidi has grown up in a Christian household, attending church regularly for the greater part of her life. Completed the Alpha program many years back and attended Kelowna Christian School. A few weeks back, she was discussing world chaos with her grandparents, and they asked, why haven't you been baptized? It got her thinking, why haven't I? There really was no good reason. She's never felt closer to God than right now, and the timing couldn't be better than the present. And she writes, I understand the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and have asked God to enter my heart and life. By being baptized, I would like to join those who believe in Christ openly and start a brand new life in Jesus Christ. A couple of songs that keep coming up on her playlist are uh, Stand in Your Love by Josh Baldwin, I Have Decided by Wilder Atkins, and I Surrender All, that wonderful hymn of faith. And her... Faith verse for today is short but sweet and full of love. It is 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Let all you do be in love. Heidi, we baptize you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Rob and Faye Williams, why don't you come up here together and enter one at a time, but Rob and Faye. Yeah. Faye, would you like to lead the way? Faye. 
find the right page. Ah, here. She, uh, Faith had gone to church most of her life, and as I mentioned, they've been married 44 years. This wonderful couple. She became a Christian when she was 15. A sign for her, one of her boys when he was six had warts on his forehead and chin, and the ointment that was given to them was just terrible. It was an acid sort of a thing, and it was painful. And so her and her husband prayed. They're a prayerful couple. And, uh, and they decided to pray for their son. And they stopped giving the ointment, and the warts went away, and he's 41 now, and they never came back. These people pray. They pray for God's guidance. And there's been so many signs, like sell, selling a house in the midst of a recession, and it sells fast when others wouldn't. So they pray. And they write, she wrote that God doesn't always answer our prayers right away, but we know he knows what's best for us. How true. And Faye's verse is Psalm 25, 4 to 5. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Faye, we baptize you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Robert's testimony, he was born in Kelowna into a Christian family. He uh, attended church as long as he can remember. And in 1972, moved from Calgary back to Kelowna with his family and was attending RSS, Rotland Secondary School, when he first heard the Satara twins, evangelists. And that changed his life. That's when he felt the call to go forward at the age of 15 years, and he asked Jesus into his heart. So he had committed to God, and he asked for God to bring him the right girl. And that's the one you just saw being baptized. They were married young, and they were 20 and 18, and they committed to prayer all the steps that we were to take in their lives for God to guide them. What a step you are taking today, Rob, you and Faye. Although I had a long relationship with the Lord, I never felt I was ready for baptism. Then during the Bible studies, I realized I didn't have to be ready. It's the next step. Feeling very close to the Lord and not wanting to put it off any longer. And his favorite verses, there's a couple of them. Romans 3, 23, 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. For God did not send his son into the world con to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Rob, it's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And last, but certainly not least, my good friend Ivan. All these testimonies are so beautiful. I hope I'm slightly doing them justice here. And this is Ivan here. He's a follower of Jesus. He's known there was a God for as long as he can remember. 
But it wasn't until six years ago, six years ago, that he accepted Jesus into his heart as his personal Savior. And since then, Ivan's been on a journey. He's learned that God is pursuing him and wants him to have a relationship with him. There's always detours along the way that can be challenging, so getting baptized today is an important part of Ivan's journey with God, and he is thankful for this opportunity to be baptized and to follow the example of Jesus. And he has some wonderful verses here. Psalm 51.4 Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done what is evil in thy sight. And then another verse from I am dead to sin but alive in Christ. And from Psalm 51 If God is with me, who can be against me? Ivan, we baptize you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand together, shall we? Uh, this has been payday, hasn't it, as a church? Uh, yes. It's, uh, it's pastor's payday bonus day today when people get baptized. And thank you for so many of you staying and enjoying this time. And I know it's a slightly longer service, uh, uh, but we are blessed. Please uh, let everybody know that we're going right into September, full on. Uh, the church is open. Uh, we are welcoming everybody, encourage people if they feel comfortable to come back, and let's re-engage and rebuild our community after this uh, pandemic. Let's push forward and know that we are a glorious, saved, forgiven, generous people because he has forgiven us much. So go and live generously today and this week with all around you. Father, thank you. For this congregation, thank you uh, for Zach this morning leading us so beautifully and being able to join our family and our church. And I pray, Lord, that you will bless every family, every person now as they leave this building. And may they know the knowledge of the glorious relationship we have with Jesus Christ. Thank you for these 12 baptized Continue to fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit. May they be burning on fire for you. And may your revival heart fill our heart as we go now in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you. Have a great day.